Hello everyone, it's Bill Thompson, T-Bill, and welcome to Plain Market Talk, where I will provide a straightforward interpretation and analysis of current market news based on my background as a retired Wall Street stockbroker with almost 50 years of experience. And I will also provide business lessons to help you become much more successful with your personal finance, trading, and investments. So let's get started. Hey everyone, it's Bill Thompson, T-Bill. Welcome to Plain Market Talk. Today's Wednesday, June 1st, 2022. Okay, uh, it's 6.03 uh, p.m. Eastern Time right now. We'll take a look at what went on with the markets. Uh, Jamie, Jamie Dimon, head of J.P. Morgan Chase, is telling investors to prepare for an economic hurricane. That's getting a lot of press. We'll see. Um, his track record is somewhat mixed, actually. I'll give you a very specific example here in just a minute. Uh, Sheryl Sandberg, second in command of Facebook, Meta as they call themselves now, stepping down, market not reacting too much to that at the moment. Also, Elon Musk is telling Tesla employees, get back in the office 40 hours a week, or he is considering that you resign. So we'll make a few comments about why that may or may not be feasible. Uh, also, OpenSea, that is the big NFT trading platform. They got their first employee now charged with insider trading. So I'll talk about uh, what insider trading actually is. Also, California, Southern California, undergoing now its worst drought in 1,200 years, uh, putting in place even uh, more restrictive water measures. And you know, I've seen some possible solutions being proposed, pipelines to pipe the water in from other areas of the United States, getting adequate rainfall. Uh, also, um, you know, desalination plants. So we'll talk about why some of that may or may not work uh, from an economic and ecological standpoint. So, uh, and also, I want to talk about we've got coming up this weekend. Amazon is doing a twenty for one stock split. So I had a question on that. And what I'll do is uh, talk about stock splits in general and specifically address Amazon's and whatever else we have time for today. Okay, markets were down somewhat today, not a lot, but the Dow Jones Industrial Average down 0.54%, so half a percent. S&P 500 down 0.75%, NASDAQ Composite down 0.72%. Yeah, markets are more focused now worry about the economy than anything else. Uh, you know, the concern is that as the Federal Reserve looks to battle inflation by raising interest rates and decreasing the money supply, well, they accidentally tipped the country into a recession or sometimes purposely put the country in a recession if they feel their bigger concern is inflation. All right, so here's what we got. We got a big labor report coming out on Friday, so the market will look at that. And then we have a week from Friday, we have the uh, Consumer Price Index report, next big inflation report, market will focus on that. And then we have the Federal Reserve Policy Meeting, the Federal Open Market Committee Meeting. The markets will really focus on that. It's a two-day meeting ending two weeks from today, June 15th, uh, with the Fed statement coming out at 2 in the afternoon Eastern time. So the market doesn't have a lot of news besides that kind of stuff right now. Earnings season mostly has ended now. We have a few companies reporting. But uh, we'll get back to where companies reporting their uh, sales and profit numbers probably starting about the second week in July as the uh, second quarter ends. Okay, Jamie Dimon. All right, he seems like a really good guy. Uh, he's the head of J.P. Morgan Chase. He's been there now for a long time. Uh, he basically told an investment group today that 
uh, to prepare for an economic hurricane. That was the actual uh, words he used, and it's being it's being listed as the top story over on CNN right now. Uh, basically, he's saying um, this economic hurricane is being caused by the war in Ukraine, rising inflation pressures, and interest rate hikes from the Federal Reserve. Uh, and he said J.P. Morgan Chase is pulling back. All right, it is a possibility we may see more severe economic times ahead, but we may not be. Also. Uh, yeah, his track record, like I said, he does seem to be a good guy, but his track record is rather mixed. Uh, all you have to do is go back and watch the PBS special from 2013, The Untouchables, and he is actually on there testifying before Congress. Basically, here's what happened. Uh, a, a lot of banks, they made all these in financial institutions, they made all these loans to people back in 2006, 7, 2008, subprime mortgages that people probably didn't qualify for based on the uh, idea that housing prices would just keep going up. And when they stopped, uh, a lot of big financial institutions ended up going out of business, being bought out by other companies. But J.P. Morgan Chase said he was the head up back then, along with other big banks, they had to get a massive government bailout. And in that video called The Untouchables, the idea being that some of these big Wall Street CEOs and just Wall Street people in general uh, that probably did things borderline illegal, I'm not saying he did, but others perhaps did, uh, seemed to walk away scot-free, that they were untouchable. Well, he says in the video when he's being you know, grilled by Congress about why J.P. Morgan Chase made all these subprime mortgage loans, he actually says in the video, well, we just didn't realize that, you know, housing markets, markets can go two ways, then go down. Really? You're the head of a multi-billion dollar one of the world's largest banks, and you don't know that markets can go two ways, up or down? So anyway, uh, I, you know, his track record over the years, as far as his um, forecast, have been somewhat mixed. So we'll see. We'll see. Yeah, you know, we have rising food prices, commodity issues. Ukraine's a big export of commodities. They can't get things out from their ports. That is correct. Uh, things can also change overnight. Uh, Vladimir Putin, uh, there's rumors about his health. He has cancer. Um, don't know if that is true or not. Uh, but he could, if it is true, he could die suddenly. Or you could have him suddenly overthrown by Russian generals or even uh, Russian uh, top people in their um, government and what they would simply do is just blame everything on him and withdraw the troops. Uh, so something like that could end quickly. The Federal Reserve, as far as the um, economy, Federal Reserve is well aware that they have to be careful with their, um, you know, battling inflation too much, throw the country into a recession. Uh, that's something they are well aware of. It's also an election year. There may be some political pressure on them. Uh, we've got the entire House of Representatives up for re-election, one-third the Senate, and a lot of um, governors up for re-election. So there may be some political pressure there also. In other words, things can change. We've also got uh, the supply chain issues, partly by China. Large, large parts of China shut down with COVID. Those things over time will work themselves out. So we'll see. He may be right. He may be right that we have uh, some severe economic times ahead, but maybe not. Uh, we'll just have to see. All right. So we got that news. Uh, yeah, Sheryl Sandberg, uh, she's been second in command of Facebook uh, since 2008. She did announce she is stepping down. 
Uh, it did catch the market somewhat by surprise, but the market is not really reacting too much. Uh, she announced she uh, it won't be till later this year. It'll be a successor in place, and I think they've already got somebody actually. Uh, and that she'll be staying on the board of directors. So even though the company calls themselves Meta, now uh, their trading symbol is still FB for Facebook. And right now, the stock in the after hours market up 0.56%. So I think earlier there was somewhat of a reaction uh, downwards, but uh, not too much at this time. All right, so we got that news. Yeah, Elon Musk is telling the Tesla employees that they have to be back in the office, return to the office or else. Had this article I'm seeing. Uh, they said it's a disclosed in leaked emails he sent, uh, to, I guess, to the executive staff today. Um, and it says here, and this is a quote from the email, anyone who wishes to do remote work must be in the office for a minimum, and I mean minimum, of 40 hours per week or depart Tesla. This is less than we ask of factory workers. We'll see. We'll see. It's interesting because he's trying to buy Twitter, and they've told their employees they can work from home uh, forever if they want to. Yeah, that's the big debate. You know, uh, Should you have your workers back full-time, let them work from home full-time? or a mix. I've seen some studies that a lot of workers prefer a mix. Uh, they don't want to work from home completely all the time, uh, unless they're just out of the geographic area. So a lot of them say one or two days in, work from home, the rest of the week could work for them. But we'll have to see. There's a lot of studies being done on this. You know, the one argument about everybody being in the office would be a lot of employee interaction. You don't get when people are at home. But then a lot of employees say, look, uh, you know, our, our headquarters, our buildings are so big, I mostly talk to people by email or a Zoom call, even two people inside the same building. Is it really that much of a difference? So we'll see. We'll see. In, in a tight labor market, there's also the question, would employees just quit and go somewhere else if they have the opportunity, someplace with flexible hours? All right. Uh, we got that. Uh, we also have, and I'll talk about this stock split, um, Okay, we have uh, Southern California. Yeah, they, they've got a massive drought. The last, it's lasted for two decades now, and apparently they're reading it's the um, biggest drought in 1,200 years. Uh, so I guess they've got more restrictions on outdoor water use going into effect today for 6 million residents in Southern California. Uh, basically, so what would be some of the solutions? Well, you know, one question, obviously they sit on the coast with the ocean, do you simply use desalination plants to just take the salt water and convert it into fresh water? Problem there is where you're gonna put the salt. Uh, and apparently there's a lot of environmental issues if you do too much of that, so that may not be feasible. The United States in general, uh, well, we get a lot of rainfall in the United States. One reason we have so many rivers, rivers are just rainfall returning to the ocean. Uh, most parts of the United States are actually getting adequate rainfall or even above average. So then there's the talk, well, should we just build pipes, you know, giant pipes and start piping the water from areas of the United States to get lots of water to places like Southern California? It is a possible solution. Problem is those pipes cannot be built overnight. They're going to cross a, go across lots of pro possible private property. Uh, there could be environmental issues, just like with a gas oil pipeline, even though this is water. So obviously, if it spills, it wouldn't be as um, much of environmental damage. But then the problem is you spend billions of dollars to build these pipes, and all of a sudden, the drought ends, and it starts raining a lot. I remember here in Florida, back in 1998, 
uh, we had a massive drought. Uh, the reason I remember that well, I'm a musician also, I was in a band, and we were supposed to play at the Daytona 500 for the, uh, no, excuse me, Firecracker 400 July 4th race, and the race ended up being canceled because the speedway, at least at the time, was mostly built of wood, and we had such a drought, there was concern that it could actually catch on fire and burn down. Uh, but then eventually the drought ended, uh, and we got lots and lots of rainfall. So we'll see. We'll see what's going on there. All right, I'll talk about NFTs another day, non-fungible tokens. I'm sure you probably heard about them. The biggest trading platform is OpenSea. I believe it's OpenSea.io. Uh, well, anyway, it says here uh, that they've got a former employee charge in insider trading. All right, so uh, says here, uh, his name is uh, Nathaniel uh, Chastain, former product manager at OpenSea, 31 years old, faces one count of wire fraud, one count of money laundering. Yeah, that, those carry some pretty severe sentences. I believe it's 20 years uh, for that. Uh, matter of fact, it says it right here. Uh, each count carries a maximum sentence of 20 years in prison. Yeah, the Department of Justice, they don't mess around with these insider trading cases because the feeling is you could destroy confidence in the financial market. So what is insider trading? Uh, we'll just go back to using stocks as an example. Insider trading is you are trading uh, on a stock based on material information that has not been made public. Now, the thing about this, uh, it has to be material and factual information uh, that the public is not aware of. Um, that So here's what I mean by that. Let's say you go to Best Buy and you start just talking to an employee. And an employee says, yeah, our business seems slower than normal. And you, you trade on that. You buy what's called a put options contract. Uh, or say they say business is better than we've seen in years, and you go buy the stock. That, that is not insider trading. That's just an employee given what they perceive as an opinion. What insider trading is, is that you know somebody at, we'll say Best Buy's corporate office up in Minnesota, they're gonna release their financial numbers, say on Friday. Somebody gives you the numbers ahead of time. They give you the financial reports ahead of time. And then you go out, and they look really good, better than what the market's expecting. And then you go out and buy a whole bunch of the stock, make a quick profit, and then share the profits with the person that gave it to you. That's insider trading. Uh, and that, that carries sentences of possible decades in prison. Now, Martha Stewart, you might have heard of years ago, she was convicted of insider trading. She spent a few months at a minimum security prison. Uh, the thing she traded on, it was only, I think, $240,000 she saved in potential losses. The, the amount was small. One reason that she went to prison is she's a former Wall Street broker. I don't know if you guys know that. Um, yeah, just Google Martha Stewart Wall Street. She knew the rules. Be like me saying I don't know the rules. But that's basically insider trading. Um, usually, uh, you're, it's the fine is three times your profit, and you could be sent to prison. So, all right, so we'll see what happens there. All right, the last thing today, Amazon. Okay, they are doing a 20 for one stock split this weekend. So what, what is the stock split? All right, companies split their stock for several reasons. Uh, one, usually it's because to bring the price down to make it more affordable to investors. So uh, an example here, let's use uh, Amazon. AMZN is their symbol, Apple, Mary, Zebra, Nancy. Uh, 
And that stock is around $2,400 a share. It's very expensive, $2,433.68. It closed that today. All right, so the board of directors are elected by the shareholders to run the company. They announced back in March, I believe, that they are doing a 20-for-1 stock split. So here's the way it works. Here's the way to work with Amazon. I'm just going to use an easy number. Let's say the stock closes on Friday at an even $2,400 a share. And let's, All right, so for every one share of Amazon stock you would own on Friday's close of business, $2,400, we'll say. On Monday, you're going to own 20 shares valued at $200 a share. See? Um, sorry, I got that wrong. 20 shares valued at $120 a share. Just get my math right. All right, so it would still be worth uh, $2,400. So here's the thing. You don't make or lose money with a stock split. Uh, you would still have the same value. But see, now an investor on Monday morning is buying effectively 120th of an old share for only $120. See, so that's the idea of a stock split. Now, the theory being, as the stock now becomes more affordable uh, to investors, especially smaller investors, they will buy into it and begin to push the price up. So that, that's kind of mixed. What we sometimes see with that is that we see a, sometimes a quick pop on the stock after a split, but then it ultimately still comes down to business fundamentals. Amazon sales and profit numbers have slowed their growth somewhat the last few months. Expenses are up. They're having an issue with expenses. Um, a large number of returns they're getting also is costing them some money and higher gas prices for their delivery vehicles. Uh, the stock is actually down 12% since that split was announced a couple of months ago. So we'll see. We'll see. Uh, so basically, you know, if anybody wants to buy in after the split, one thing I could say, you could buy it, you know, right on the open uh, on Monday. Uh, and if you're looking to buy more stock, buy some days or even weeks later, depending on which way it's going to go. Ultimately, it'll come down to business fundamentals with this stock. Uh, but that's the main reason companies split is to bring the share price down. Other reasons, they try to increase the number of shares outstanding. When you have more shares outstanding, but they already have 508 million shares outstanding anyway. So they have a lot out there anyway, big company. Uh, but one thing, reason they, other companies do that, they increase the number of shares outstanding after a split. It basically makes the trading between the buying and selling price of a stock bid and ask. The number gets smaller, the spread between the two. That's another one. Uh, another reason companies split their stock is to increase the number of shares outstanding. It makes it harder for them to be subject to a hostile takeover bid. You know, I'll cover that stuff in a little more detail another day, but that's what's going on with Amazon. Uh, so we may get a quick pop on the stock on Monday as newer investors begin to uh, jump in. But with 508 million shares outstanding, and we're going to have 20 times that now uh, on um, Monday morning, I don't know how much they can push this. Uh, this stock is primarily held by institutions. 60.5% uh, of the stock's held by pension plans, mutual funds, and insiders hold another 10%. They already hold 70% of the stock. Where am I getting these numbers? Go to Yahoo, click finance, type in the company name or symbol, and click on statistics, and you will get all that. All right, so we'll see what happens. Okay, so I hope this stuff is helping. Again, Bill Thompson, T-Bell, and I'll talk to everyone again soon. Take care. See ya.